Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway. A little question to ask you. Had uh, oh, I'm going to really insult a trade here, and I'm really sorry if that's the case. Um, is there is there a particular sort of job uh-huh. that you think, from sight, you think I honestly could do that? I honestly could do that with little or no training. I'll tell you why. Have a think about it. Uh-huh. Uh, this morning, uh, a, a gentleman came round uh, from the insurance company just to sort of uh, survey a little repair that needed to be done to the house uh, for a, a hole in the brickwork. Uh, I'm looking at it myself. I reckon we're only talking about nine bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine bricks. That's all that's going to be involved here. I might have even overestimated. So nine bricks, a little bit of cement. I reckon I could do that myself. But they want to do it themselves. They want to get an actual bricky in to do it. So you're, you're saying that in terms of bricky, building walls and that, you reckon you could do that without any training? Just have a go straight away and just do it? I, I'm sure I don't have the requisite strength right now, but that would come in time. But yeah. it's something that I reckon I could give a go to and pretty much do a decent job. It's weird. It's one of those things you can't say out loud because, like, for me, I've always looked at plasterers and thought, That'd be pretty easy, wouldn't it, doing plastering? I would have thought so. You're just spreading something out. I mean, I've, I've put loads of stuff on toast and the top of it's been really flat. I think if you can do a good slice of toast, you could probably do good plaster. Exactly. I mean, if I ever did get into the plastering game, that would probably be my strap line on the back of my van. Um, have you successfully built Lego? Yes. See, there you go. You could be a brickie too. Yeah, well, listen, so there you go, folks. Uh, we've, we've, we've discovered this evening on this show that Richie could easily walk into doing... Brickying. Yep. Is that the word for That's it? That's it, brickying. And I, I'm, I I'm a plasterer. I'm a plasterer without ever actually having plastered anything. It just looks easy. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So I want to say thank you to everyone's lovely messages about Sports Day today, particularly, I think 15 people sent me an article about two Scottish dads that ended up in A&E. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about that in any other business towards the end of the show. So as you heard on last night's show, I was taking part in the Dads 100 Metres mm. for my middle daughter Thea's school Sports Day today. And it's stressful, isn't it? I didn't think at one, at one point, it didn't look like they were going to do a parents uh, race. And I thought, oh, phew, get away with it. But then they said, right, kids on one side, uh, all the other parents on, on the other side yeah. of the track. So it kind of vibes of the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> in many ways as well. But you know what? Uh, the PE teacher blew his whistle. Uh, I set off like a rocket. Brief fear at the beginning that I couldn't feel my legs. Maybe that's just how fast I was going. That's the nerves. Is that is the nerves. And, and then, bit by bit, I slowly opened up a little bit, got into my stride. I came in second. That's, that's no disgrace in that whatsoever. Silver medal. Lost out uh, to a guy on my left who's like, a, he, he looked like a beanpole, but he ran like a gazelle. <laughs> I think he was still going. He's still going now. <laughs> Didn't even stop at the rope at the end. And, and I always think as well, when you're running at that kind of speed, you go on to a different level. Yeah. You know when you look into Ben Johnson's eyes? Yeah. He's on a different level. Well, he came first in 1988, and the person who came second, Carl Lewis, got first. So you test that beanpole out. Oh, yeah, see, but like I say, if we can ever catch up with him. But I think, you know, when, the, something about when you're, when you're doing exercise like that, or you're, you're, you're at incredible speed like I was yeah. today, Richie, you do, you, your mind wanders. And do you know where my mind wandered? My mind wandered to the early 90s, when, back in Devon, I was uh, representing South Devon at the 200 metres at Honiton at a race meet-up. Wow, I thought I knew everything about you. I didn't know you had this history. Well, this is it. I mean, I was... I was. Let me just be completely clear. I was soundly beaten at oh. Honiton. <laughs> to the point I was like, almost. How, how has this guy got here? <laughs> but um, at one point, very briefly, I did represent South Devon at 200 metres. They can't take that away from they you. They can't, and that is exactly the point, man. They can't take that away from me. And there's people listening to this right now who might very briefly hmm. have represented the county or the United Kingdom. At, and it doesn't even have to be at sport. It could be a champion 
previously at something. So if you've got a historical achievement you'd like to share with us on Home Time tonight, just step forward amongst friends and tell us about it. 1987. Oh, yeah. I'll take you back to 1987 to Eastbourne, uh, the town I grew up in, and my primary school uh, got to the final of the school's football tournament. Uh-huh. I was the school goalkeeper. We won. Okay, and what was your role in that? Were you, like, well, I was keeping, out, keeping a clean sheet and all that kind of stuff? We won 4-1. Brilliant. So, do you remember who you beat? Uh, it was... I think it was they were called Langney School. Hate Langney. But Hate that lot Here's Langley. the thing, all right? I think it would be fair to claim that at the age of 11, for 12 months, I was the greatest goalkeeper in Eastbourne. Let's go one further. South Coast. Well, it's a little, <laughs> South Coast is a long way. I'm sure the people of Brighton have something to say about it. So there you go. Greatest goalkeeper in Eastbourne in 1987. At the, at the age of 11. At the age of 11. Yeah. Uh, I was representing South Devon at 200 metres in the early 90s. Uh, Steve says, 1990, Scotland won the five-a-side World Cup at our hotel sports competition. Beating Belgium and Germany on the way to lifting the trophy. <laughs> As a plucky 16-year-old, I was the spearhead of a solid Scotland team comprised of my dad and two young blokes and a 55-year-old guy. <laughs> I love hotel footy tournaments. Oh, are brilliant. brilliant. Well done. You're still reigning champion as far as we're concerned, Steve. Now, you were South Devon running, yeah? South Devon, yeah. Your rivals over the border, North Devon, oh. Adam Partridge. You ever come across him? No, I don't like the sound of him. Uh, he was North Devon under-14 boys singles winner at oh, both yeah. tennis and badminton in the same year. OK. However, it wasn't good for everything. He says he also made the final of the under-16s tennis but got soundly beaten by Ryan Draper. Draper's a nightmare. He won everything. <laughs> he cleaned up in that era. And also North Devon. Sorry, South Devon's got the beaches. Thanks very much. You may have the sports times. Chelsea's been in touch. Says, I was the first Chelsea born in Oldham, spelt with a Y, Whoa. back in 1986. Uh, my mum found out when she registered my birth. Technically, I've not achieved anything, but I am still that Chelsea. So, I now live in Durham. So she's the reigning champion, because that, yes. that's, that that's locked in. She'll you have can, that forever. You, you can never go back in time and be an earlier Chelsea than that Chelsea. Wow, that is, that's unbelievable. Pete says, I set the school record for the discus in 1983. The record still stood when my daughters attended the same school. One day when I went back to, to go and see him getting an award in a seminar, I had a photo taken in front of the board with the historical event on it and he's sending a lovely photo of him next to his record. Brilliant, love it. It's brilliant these things have stood the test of time. We've got Buzz on the line. Buzz, tell us about your historical achievement. Uh, I was on the RAF team winning against the Army in Cyprus in 1999. Brilliant. What were you, what were you playing at? Um, field hockey. I was the goalkeeper. Oh, oh so that's like full-on like pads and mask and brutal. Yeah, yeah, lots of bandanas a lot of that gear in that heat. I bet. So I'm, I'm getting Top Gun vibes yes. of this kind of thing, like running across the beach, that kind of thing. Is it a bit like that? No, 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 no. Field hockey. So on a, on a field, you know, uh, red grass. Okay, I am aware of what hockey is. <laughs> Thanks, Buzz, mate. Buzz, did you get a trophy or a medal out of it? Uh, I got to wear the, um, the, the, the tie, the RAF emblem tie. You, you earn it by playing for the RAF or the Army or whatever you play. You earn that logo tie. Wow, so wow. that one particular moment you were like, you know, king of the hill there as the goalkeeper. Did, you, did your hockey career carry on? Have you played since? Yeah, I played for about um, 10 years. Oh, blimey. Oh, look at that. Well, that, that, my my, uh, my 200 metres was just a, <laughs> a brief flowering compared to 
Rochelle on Twitter says, went back in the noughties, I won a corporate UK chess tournament at Crystal Palace and then ended up going to Malaga with a team of six other people to represent the UK. Got uh, thrashed by the Russians, it all looked like Fyodor Dostoevsky, winning only one of my six games, but I got a free holiday. If you're going to Malaga for an international competition, I wouldn't have expected it to be chess. It's hardly the Queen's Gambit, that, is it? <laughs> it's all gone downhill for Tony, says Northern Ireland minor units cross-country runners-up in the early 90s, now just gets a sweat on running a bath. But you still have that in your mind and, and it's cherished in your heart, which is a great thing. Uh, Jimmy says, I was the school and area sports champion in the obstacle race, three years running, basically undefeated. Didn't do it at county level, hence why my progression was halted, but I was the Bournemouth Usain Bolt of the obstacle race for a short period of time. Good on you. <laughs> Phil's hanging on. What was your achievement, Phil? I was man of the match for the West Midlands against Leicestershire in a county pool match in 1981. Wow, man of the match. If you've got a pool thing going on, it's only you versus someone else, though, isn't it? So <laughs> is that not the winner? The winner is the person who's the man of the match, right? <laughs> well, it's 16-man aside singles. 16-man uh, aside singles pool championship. That's madness, Phil. That's madness. It is. It is. It is. Uh, and it was good fun. The county scene in the pool, in the pool leagues in the 1980s were manic. I remember we used to sit down and watch like the Embassy Snooker final when I was a kid in the <laughs> 80s, like under a cloud of uh, you know cousins smoking and all that kind of thing. I mean, do you yeah. remember any bits of that game in particular? Your your, your high point here? Absolutely. I I, I beat the guy two one, but the shot that 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 won me the man of, man of the match award was I cleared all the spots or stripes. I can't remember exactly. Left him with six balls on the table. The black was up up the top end of the table by the D. And the only shot I had on it was to come off two cushions and get behind the black and snooker him on the on the six balls, which I did to absolute perfection. It was complete poetry. <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever play that shot ever again. Phil, how many people would have been watching at that point? What pressure were you under? <laughs> there were only about four or five people around my table. <laughs> <laughs> Probably with 20p on the corner saying we're up next. But, but fortunately, the Leicestershire captain was watching and he'd, he'd never seen... I don't think he'd ever seen anything quite like it. it was, uh, I absolutely rolled it off two cushions and I just kissed the black. It was, I left it touching the black ball. The guy could only play back up the table. <laughs> and he's been called two cushions, Phil, for the rest of the time. <laughs> well done, man. Well done. Final word on this from Claire, who says she was the first person at Staples Road Junior School to get 100% in her cycling proficiency test. And that was 1980. I'll be completely honest with you, bearing in mind I cycle to and from work every day, I failed cycling proficiency. Did you really? Failed it in Devon. I, cannot, I was the only person in our year that failed. <laughs> so it, even if you have a setback, kids, it'll be all right in the end. Look at where you are now, cycling to work every day. Check me out. Michelle's on the line right now. Michelle, tell us your historical achievement. 100 metre sprint. I was a sprinter. I'm not quite sure how old I was. It must have been about what, 11. And it was a very small school. And I won in the competition of all the schools around. And I was the fastest one in there over all the boys. I think that's probably one of my most proudest part of it. Yep. And then um, the mayor said it was like I had rockets coming out of my feet. And I was <laughs> so, so, so proud. And then the following day, I got to stand up in assembly and recite the whole story to the school. I got a box of uh, weekends. That's, That's amazing. amazing, isn't it? And you got a box of weekends, which you can't argue with because it's a confectionery that doesn't exist anymore. But what? how times have changed. Yeah. You wouldn't have kids now winning 100 metres in a regional athletics event and getting a box of sweets. <laughs> no, it's it. this is it. <laughs> well, it was, it was OK. My mum was quite proud because she got to eat the weekends because she liked them. Brilliant. So everyone was a winner. Everyone was Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely, yeah. The Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway. It's all kicking off in our house at the moment over tomato ketchup. Well, tell me more. Love a bit of tomato ketchup. You'll actually understand this specifically. A knock-on effect of... uh, uh, the week that you and I had last week on the Disney Dream. On the high seas. You know, quite often when you go away on holiday, uh, not that you and I were on a holiday, it's a, a working trip. We worked really hard. Um, you know, quite often when you go away abroad, let's put it that way, all right? Because uh-huh. it wasn't a holiday. When you go away abroad, you come back and quite often you end up trying to recreate something that was a fixture of your week away in hotter climes. You're so impressed with it. You just think, right, we'll try that when we get home. Well, this is something that has happened uh, in our house with uh, with young Rocco and his tomato ketchup. You might have noticed at dinner times, uh, when we were served our food with the younger kids, uh, that the waiters would dispense the tomato ketchup on the plate, uh, but in the form of Mickey Mouse. In the, in the shape of Mickey's head. Exactly. One great big splodge for the head and then two little splodges just above that for Mickey's big ears. Rocco thought this was amazing. So when he had his dinner put down in front of him last night, nuggets and chips, healthy stuff, <laughs> he's like, oh, can I have some ketchup? Come back over, splurge. He's like, no, I want Mickey ears like that. So he had to have his, he had to have his ketchup done in the form of Mickey Mouse, despite the fact he sat having dinner at home in Hertfordshire. Weirdly, weirdly enough, though, like once you've had ketchup presented to you in the shape of Mickey Mouse's head, a normal blob of it almost seems like a slap in the face. It does it? indeed, doesn't it? But it did make me think, it quite often happens, doesn't it? You'll taste something on holiday and think, I'm going to have to give that a go when we get home. Well, I remember a few holidays back, we went to Santorini in Greece, and we were presented with a kebab in one of those, it's quite a unique kind of, I think, Greek thing where they have it dangling off a metal rod between the two of you, like you're sat at the feet of a donkey. <laughs> and I've, I've never seen it presented like that before, the kebab, and I thought, we must look out for one of them. And have you I'm found still, one? No, I'm still yet to find one. <laughs> it's a terrible story, but I'm still on the lookout. <laughs> so, look, two questions here. If you know where D- Bush can get his dangly kebabs from, please. Um, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. But more pertinently, if you have tried to recreate anything from holiday, it doesn't necessarily have to be a food. Something you experienced on holiday, thought, I'm going to recreate that when we get home. Simon's tweeted, The baked Alaska my other half still raves about that she had on our holiday years back. I've tried to recreate it a couple of times. Uh, both efforts ended up up looking like a bad 70s Doctor Who special effect. You have to respect Simon for trying it on multiple occasions. I don't even know really what it is. Baked Alaska. Yeah, what is it? Something they always do on the Bake Off uh, on a particularly hot week. It's a tricky thing. It's basically ice cream inside sponge. So you've got to keep something frozen but then put hot sponge around the side of it. Very difficult. And meringue in there as well, I believe. Stressed even thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, fair play to him for having a go. I just mentioned earlier on that uh, the thing that I've tried to recreate from a previous Greek holiday was the da- dangly kebab thing yeah. you get the dangly kebab, kebab between the two of you uh, someone hasn't left their name says Bush they do the dangly kebabs at ZZ ZZ? ZZ that's pizzas and stuff I know they, now they do dangly kebab go and find one. Oh yeah I will I'll treat you this text here is in- incredible uh, I brought a bottle of banana liqueur back from Cyprus after having an amazing cocktail while I was there uh, we never got round to recreating the cocktail but got back from a family party one night and ended up having it as shots I don't recommend it my mum was sick in the flower bed and our Jack Russell was stained yellow the next day. I assume we'd spilt it on him. Uh, Donna, what is it that uh, you tried to recreate? Back in my honeymoon days, it was a frozen glass out the freezer and the cause beer in it. But uh, that didn't last because um, the uh, the water from the outside of the glass just 
when I was at the table. Uh, <laughs> so are you trying to recreate, like, uh, you know, in America, they pull the glasses out the bar and they're, mm. like, freezing cold? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So how do they do it in the States, then? Because I, I, I would have done exactly what you've just said there, Donna. That's right, and uh, I put the Coors beer in, but it just doesn't taste the same when you're at home, does it? So you gave it a damn good shot, but it just didn't quite work out. <laughs> That's true. Hopefully That's true, the, yeah. the, the, the marriage is faring a little bit better, though, you were saying. Yeah, fingers no, crossed. I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. Oh, oh no. Oh, this, it's all it's setting horrible. in a very awkward way now. It's so bad. But are you... Um, I've still got the glasses. you still got the glasses. That's great. <laughs> this is The Daily Takeaway. Home time on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Just an update, producer Nick is just just putting the last bit of pasta in his mouth there from his tough work. Yeah. I, I feel like he's putting the last bit in, but that should have been about three mouthfuls. He but eats it... he eats like he's um he's in the wild. <laughs> he eats like it's his last meal. It does. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. Um, is he coming to 80s versus 90s with us? Uh, because I, I dread to think what his rider will be uh, in the in the, <laughs> in the, the backstage. Well, uh, Nicky, you coming? No. What, <laughs> you're not. It's not going. He's going to watch wrestling. He's, He's going, going to, to watch, watch wrestling. wrestling. Oh my! This the, has caused the, a real problem. The, the show, show you produce is is DJing at the Electric Ballroom, and you're going to watch wrestling. Yeah. Wow, that is. Well, look. Where, how do we recover from that? Uh, I, I don't know what wrestling event he's going to. Don't look it up because what you want to do on the 30th of June is not going to watch. WWF or whatever it is, but come to the uh, Electric Ballroom in Camden. Uh, I'll tell you why, right? Because when me and him start, unlike the wrestling, we don't know who's going to win. No, exactly, yeah, it's not preordained. Um, God, it's difficult to recover. We're trying to sell tickets here and it's reeling. Unbelievable. Bush and Richie here with Home Time on a Tuesday night. It's time for your right to reply. Any other business... That's right. Any other business, drop us a, uh, an email, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Or, if it's more urgent, like the texts that have been coming in after our chat about Nick going wrestling instead of watching uh, 80s versus 90s live, it's WWE now, not WWF, apparently. Oh. what One's about wildlife and pandas ah, and that, and okay. the other one is men in spandex. <laughs> and only one of those... Uh books out the O2. Exactly. Um, thank you very much to Rebecca, uh, who has emailed us. Um, this is not an email I was expecting. Uh, emailed from Logo Rug UK. What a name. Asking if they could send their price list to us here at home time. Uh, we've, we've not talked about branded rugs, have we? In all the ideas, I mean, we've had, like, spatulas yeah. and, 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 you know, tea towels, etc. but rugs has never entered the chat, really. This is brilliant. Uh, it's, it works for a company that... Take your company logo and it and embroider it onto a welcome mat. Okay. Wouldn't it be amazing, right? Wouldn't it be amazing to have the Home Time with Bush and Richie <laughs> Absolute Radio logo <laughs> embroidered into a welcome mat that we unfurl at 4 p.m. Yes. <laughs> every single day and put at the studio door. So any Herberts that try and come into this studio while we're on air, yeah. you know, very sort of passive aggressively. They have to wipe their feet on the home time mat before they come in. It's kind of marking our territory a little bit. I think so. What do you reckon? Well, I, at first I thought you were going to say just leave the mat out there all the time, and I, I mean, that's going to that's going to stick in the craw of uh, no, Dave exactly. Barry and the team. You, you, it's not you'd fair. You roll it up. You know, you yeah. can't have Dave sort of thinking that he's on our patch when he does the breakfast show with the team. We'd we'd roll it up for any other show. Yeah, yeah, but then just wheel it out when it's when it's us. I think so. So, uh, Rebecca, we may be back in touch. Have you seen the price? No. 
OK, we'll maybe back in touch. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So thank you very much for enjoying this episode of The Daily Takeaway. Uh, goodbye to uh, all the brickies and plasterers <laughs> who've been listening for the last five years. I tell you what, though, if you've got to come back to that and you yep. might be saying, well, this is out of order, you want to challenge us, whatever. I mean, it's an open forum home time. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Don't just swear at your, your radio or your, yep. your headphones. Drop us an email and let's sort this out. And equally, if you work on a site and you want a, an apprentice brickie uh, or you've got a lot on as a plaster at the moment and you want an assistant for a couple of days, yep. same email address, get in touch. Or maybe you do a job that you deep down sometimes think to yourself, I think anyone could do this. <laughs> you want to be honest and hold your hand up. Whistleblower. Uh, brickies, plasterers, get in touch.